What's up, viewers? Martin Owen here, and once again, I'm back to pester you. I'm still working on this special mini-episode. That, <laughs> that term isn't quite suitable for the upcoming one, uh, so please bear with me. I'm doing the best I can, and I hope it'll be worth your time listening to. But, since I wasn't able to join in on the latest episode, um, I figured I'd do this this one instead uh, for the time being. Um, this one will consist of me talking nonsense, and uh, in the end, I'll be having a Q&A as promised. So what's new? I got recommended by I think Jared Edinger, a viewer of ours, to. Uh, pick up EX Troopers for PlayStation 3. I got that game today, and this is the first Capcom game that I bought since Dead Rising, I think. I checked out some gameplay prior to buying the game, and it seemed pretty good. The Japanese in it is also a bit understandable, um, so that's also a plus. Um, I haven't had the time to play the game yet, but when I do, I'll get back and probably try and give a short review of the game um, in the next episode that we record. But yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. It seems though as if that game used the engine that was originally intended for Mega Man Legends 3. I have some mixed feelings about Mega Man as I think I mentioned in the last mini special that I did. I don't really care that much about Mega Man anymore. I'm more into the old games that were released back in the day and the new ones doesn't really capture my interest, you could say. I downloaded Mega Man 9 for from PSN when that was released, but I never got around to play it and then I eventually I started a new account and I think the game was like signed to my previous account and I couldn't boot it, so I ended up deleting it. I have no intentions of getting it again. Uh, I'm still sticking to the old games pretty much. What else? I also picked up a brand new copy of Zelda Spirit Tracks, which I've never played actually. I've got Phantom Hourglass, and I think I bought that the same year was released over here, and I still haven't completed get that game yet. And I also bought Caladrius uh, for the Xbox 360, the um, limited edition. That's a uh, bullet hell shooter. I figured it would be worth supporting all the developers that decide to release something exclusive to Japan for a console that's been pretty much dead since the day it was released over there. But besides that, there's really nothing new happening right now, so I guess I'll just start up with the Q&A. And I have 13 questions by a viewer called Richard Gonzalez. Those are pretty detailed, so I'll leave those for the after I've gone through all of the, the ones that I've gotten asked on my Twitter and uh, also my Facebook. So, here we go. Are you still planning on burning your Final Fantasy 13 copy? By the time I'm recording this, I probably have gotten well over 20 comments saying I should burn the game. So yes, that will happen uh, at some point. Hopefully not too late. And hopefully 
no sooner than two weeks from this is being recorded. And I'll record it and it'll be up on um, the official Gaming Club podcast YouTube, which is Bitchface Rex, I think, on YouTube. That's Jake's account. I don't really have an account anymore, so that'll have to happen through his account, basically. So yeah, that's happening, definitely. Do you have any experience with the Toho series? Uh, no. I honestly don't know what that is even, so I don't see how I could have any experience with it since I don't know what it is. <laughs> Do you feel that Jota Kanal is one of the finest film trilogy to come out of Sweden or are you more of an Englagord man? I'm definitely more of an Englagord man. Um, I think I've seen Jota Kanal about three times and um, I never bothered to... <laughs> to... <laughs> to <laughs> to uh, watch the uh, the second and the third one. This is a fucking strange question to get. All, for all of you out there that aren't located within the Nordic borders, um, this question might come off as a bit. You won't be able to grasp what this viewer is asking pretty much. But yeah, I'm definitely more of an Englegord man. What is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you and hear the lamentation of the women, obviously. How's Sweden working out for you? Good, I guess. I don't have any particular complaints, but yeah, I'm I'm content. Let's just leave it at that. And then we have 13 questions by the viewer called Richard Gonzalez. So um, I'll just dive into those now. Number one, what are the consoles that you own? I'm currently in the process of moving once again, so most of my items that I own are in boxes, but... I'll try to think of all the consoles that I own. Um, I have the European NES with the 10NES chip disabled, which allow, allows import being played. American SNES with the plastic pieces inside it removed to be able to play Super Famicom games. European N64, European GameCube, European PlayStation 2 with the mod chip and allowing play of imports from all regions, which I had to have prior to getting a PlayStation 3. Uh, from the states to be able to play imports basically and I ha as I mentioned I have an American PlayStation 3 the uh, first 60 gigabyte batch so I can play uh, American PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games on it I have a European Xbox one with a mod chip in it and it allows me to play imports from all regions Game Boy Advance SP bought in Sweden PlayStation Portable bought in Sweden European Wii with the mod shipping allowing imports once again, uh, Japanese Xbox 360 and a European Nintendo 3DS. And I used to own a first generation Nintendo DS from the States that I sold after getting the next console which I'm about to talk about, which is a Nintendo DS Lite from Japan in some Japanese exclusive purple color that I can't even remember right now. And I have had two European Super Nintendos with a converter, but that meant all imports were played in 50Hz, so um, I ended up selling them in favor for an American SNES, basically. I would like to get a Neo Geo AES, a PC Engine, Sega Saturn, and Virtual Boy. Number two, which consoles do you buy games for? Um, I don't really have a console I buy games for exclusively. If I find a game for one of the systems that I own that I find interesting I'll probably buy it 
might even buy games for systems that I don't own yet. And one example I can think of that was when I bought Shenmue 2 for the Xbox many, many years before I even had an Xbox. But currently I mostly buy games for Nintendo 64, Super Famicom, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Me and playing, buying video games for the last five to six years have been pretty dormant, so I have a lot of mandatory games to catch up on. Number three, are there any titles that you are excited for in 2013? 2012 wasn't exactly a great year for video games. Um, I don't pay enough attention to know what's coming out this year. I only know a handful of games that are coming out this year, however. The only ones that I can think of are Dodonpachi Saidai Ojo for the Xbox 360. Uh, Caladrius, which I mentioned I've got for the Xbox 360. Shooting Love Juchunen for the Xbox 360. The Last of Us for the PlayStation 3. Killer is Dead. Um, Grand Theft Auto 5. Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. Uh, and Phantom Pain, if those come out in 2013, that is. And Tales of Zelia for the PlayStation 3. The first three I mentioned are Japanese shooters, and, but I think Dodonpachi will get a Western release at some point. The other two I seriously doubt. Number four, would you purchase both the new Xbox and PlayStation? If not, which one over the other and why? Ugh, I have so many games to catch up on this current generation, so I don't think I will buy any of the new upcoming consoles for a couple of years at least. I would buy the new Xbox if it was released in Japan, however, seeing as how the Xbox 360 became some sort of niche console for shooters. Uh, but I don't think Microsoft will be doing a region-free console this time either. Number five, why did you choose to purchase a Japanese Xbox 360? Uh, for the sole purpose of import shooters that will not get a Western release. Uh, the Xbox isn't a region-locked console per se, but the discs are. I can still play the heavy RPGs for the console, however. My Blue Dragon is a PAL copy. My Lost Odyssey is American, and my Tales of Vesperia is also American. I'm also quite interested in picking up a Japanese copy of Skyrim. The little I played of the game a year ago seemed amazing. My English is vastly better than my Japanese, however, so I prefer to play the games in English if they are available. But unfortunately, there are also downsides of having one. It means that most European games cannot be played in the system, so instead of buying a game for about 15 euros over here, I have to fork up close to 40 to 60 euros for a Japanese copy in some cases. Number six, do you own a lot of Japanese titles for your consoles? Uh, more than the average gamer, I guess. Most Japanese titles I have is for my Dreamcast and my Xbox 360. 90% of the Dreamcast games that I own are Japanese, and about 80% from my Xbox 360 are also Japanese. And 100% of my SNES games are Japanese too, but I currently own about 3 games for the SNES, so that's not really saying much. They are Tenchi Zozo, which was called Terranigma in Europe, Dragon Quest VI, and Super Mario Kart. The most obscure title I can think of in regards to version is a Japanese copy of Eternal Darkness for the GameCube. Superb game, but I don't think it's sold very well in Japan. Number seven, what do you look for when purchasing Japanese titles? Obscurity, easy to understand, etc. That's actually kind of a hard question to answer. I think I subconsciously look for games that were not or will not be released in the West. The obscurity of some of them is just a bonus. I don't have as many obscure games as I would like to, however. Easy to understand is also a plus to some extent, but in nowhere crucial as to whether or not I would buy a game. If it's a bit more complex to understand, that to me is a challenge, and I like challenges. 
The game I have the hardest time understanding so far out of all the games that I played was Final Fantasy Type-0. Strategic and military talk, as I like to call it, is something I do not understand completely yet. Number 8. How many Dreamcast titles do you currently own? Approximately around 40, I think. I still have a lot of games to pick up for that system that I'm interested in. The only PAL games I have for the system are Jet Set Radio and Shemu 1 and 2. And the latter I own the Japanese copies of too. It all comes down to my personal economy, and being a university student, you don't really have the best personal economy to spending a whole lot of money on stuff other than literature and food. Number 9. Do you think you will ever buy all the Dreamcast titles to finish your collection? Well, at some point I would definitely like to buy all the Dreamcast titles. I don't know exactly how realistic that is, however. For example, I know there was a exclusive Famitsu version of the What's Shemu demo disc that only exists in like 40 copies or something. Adam Korlik on YouTube, which I mentioned in my previous special episode, has that disc if you're interested in it. Luckily most Dreamcast games are quite cheap, but there are still a couple of really expensive games for the system. Jake actually picked up one of those games that I'm sure will be mentioned in the upcoming episode if he hasn't already. Number 10. Do you import games from other regions often? I would say a good 95% all of my video game purchases are imports. For example, I don't own a single European PlayStation 2 game anymore. All of them are American and Japanese. At some point a couple of years ago, I decided to switch all out of my European games for the American ones. It had to do with the fact that almost all of them were in 50Hz, which for me ruins the experience. If you ever get the chance to play a European copy of Final Fantasy X and compare it to an American one, you'll know what I'm talking about. And 99% of all my PlayStation Portable games are imports as well. It's not about wanting to be deliberately obscure by any means. It all comes down to getting the best experience of the video games I like or might like. And in some cases that means I have to import games in order to play them, it's as simple as that. Number 11, how much would you say you spend on import games, monthly or yearly? Um, as about 95% of my video game purchases are imports, I guess you could say that the figure I have here is for all video game related purchases. I bought more video games in the past, however. What you heard in the podcast last year was almost everything I bought that year, and a rough estimate would be somewhere around 10,000 Swedish crowns per year. Number 12, what are your top favorite RPG games? List as many as you want. Um, first up, Chrono Trigger. I have so many memories of playing that game. I think when I played Chrono Trigger for the first time was the time I realized I really like RPGs. And that must have been around the year 2000 or 2001. During the summer of 2003, 2004 and 2005, I had a small tradition of completing that game 100%. I love spending the summer nights playing that game, with the wind breezing and good music in the background of my selection. That's not to say I don't enjoy the music in the game, because I personally think it has one of the best soundtracks in a game ever. I own three copies of that game in total, but today I don't own any copies whatsoever, but I plan to buy it again at some point. And I don't know whether or not I should also pick up the DS version, uh, let me know. Final Fantasy. 7. It should be pretty obvious why this game is in my top RPGs if you've ever played it and liked it. The fan base for the game is a bit questionable, as well as the one for Kingdom Hearts and the Tales of series. I can understand why some people do not like the game though. It hasn't aged very well in terms of gameplay and graphics, but the story is still great and so is the music. Would I buy an HD remake of the game? Probably not. I don't want to spoil the memories and good times I've had of that game. 
I feel obligated to include Final Fantasy VIII on this list as well for personal reasons. The game isn't the best Final Fantasy and shouldn't even be on this list of my top favorite RPG games, but the memories connected to the game are personal and something I hold very dear even to this day. So again, the game in itself does not qualify to be on this list, but the memories are definitely qualification enough. Final Fantasy X. I have talked a small bit about the game in a previous episode. It's very abstract and hard to get a grasp on, but I like it a whole lot. And as with Final Fantasy VIII, it too has a lot of memories connected to it. It was the first PlayStation 2 game that I bought along with the console. I had played it at a friend's house and we almost beat it the entire game in a matter of days. I do think, however, that this single experience I had with the game weighs in a bit more. The soundtrack still sends chills down my spine to this day. But in Kaito's Origins, I simply cannot stop talking about this game. The GameCube had so few RPGs that were actually worth playing. And to be honest, I felt that the first Button Kaito's was a bit slow and it became a pain to play the last couple of hours. But for some reason I decided to give Bot and Kaito's Origins a try because I read that the card system was updated and the game which must and the game was much faster. I do not like card-based systems otherwise, but Bot and Kaito's Origins is a good example of said games done absolutely right. It is a game that simply needs to be experienced if you like RPGs. It's also a game that sold very poorly, so I wouldn't be surprised if it skyrocketed in price in a couple of years from now. The story is absolutely amazing, and most of the characters are interesting. Motoi Sakuraba is also one of my favorite composers, so that also, that's also one of the reasons I decided to buy the game, and I do not regret it a single bit. I even bought two copies of it to show my support back in the day. I don't think I would say that Shemu 1 and 2 are RPGs, so I will not include them on this list, but as I have mentioned, they are two of my favorite games of all time. And the last one will have to be Terranigma, one of the last games released for the Super Nintendo in Europe and it is a perfect example of a splendid RPG. The game mechanics work surprisingly well for an RPG, and the story is touching. A soundtrack is a vital part of whether or not I would say a game is in my top list, and the soundtrack of this game alone is worth picking up the game for. It has a very gloomy feeling in the beginning of the game, but as you progress in it, you see the beauty in it. I have a lot of other RPGs that I enjoy thoroughly, but they do not qualify to be on this list. Number 13, do you have a favorite type of RPG combat? Turn-based, shooter, hack and slash, etc. Uh, not really. If a certain style works out well for a game, i probably play it. Which reminds me, I still have a lot of RPGs for the PlayStation 2 to play, as well as the first PlayStation with different styles. Lost Odyssey is a good example of a modern turn-based RPG done right, and Nino Kuni. If the developers include something that makes the game stand out, whether it be a special ability, like in Lost Odyssey where you have the ability to make critical hits by aiming before your attack, that's a plus in my book. Alright, um, that was my Q&A. Uh, I hope it sheds some light on me as a video gamer, a video game importer, and also whether or not I am a Englagord man or a Jota Canal man. Next up will be the uh, special episode that I'm still working on. Uh, hopefully that will be out in a matter of days after this has been released. This has been Martin Nolan from Gaming Cult Podcast. Don't forget to write in to us on facebook.com slash gamingcultpodcast or our gmail, gamingcultpodcast.gmail.com. Bye.